0: mindfulness mode
1: to rewire is going to take a few days but come on you can do it
0: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness here in mindfulness mode with me your host and mindfulness life coach bruce langford mindful tribe i've been looking forward to this day for a long time I'm here with somebody I admire so much because he has an unbelievable ability to create music, to create music at the keyboard. And you already know I'm a piano player, but this man has this incredible feel for music and a wonderful ability to play. And if you've been following piano music, you probably know who he is today. I have with me Ryopi. Ryopi, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: <laughs> Hi, how are you? Yeah, I, I just got
0: like, you know, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, it's a uh, trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yes, I, uh, I'm i just very honored to have you on the show, Ryopi. And I know that you've uh, you've created so much music you have so many videos on on youtube and and the information that i receive says that you've generated over 200 million streams globally and uh, I know that you have one of the most interesting background stories, which we're going to be talking about how you discovered piano and how you, you began to play and, and you say that that literally saved your life. So before we get into talking about that, tell me what mindfulness means to you and your life, ryo For
1: me, mindfulness is just about you know living in the moment, here, right now. Because when we are in the moment, I find, there is no fear, right? Fear is in the past or in the future, but right now you and I we're talking. I'm okay, you're okay, and that's what mindfulness really means. It's you know to be here, and it's something that that I actually practice, you know, you know, in terms of meditation uh, every single day, because because music saved me the first time, and I would say meditation saved me the second time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, meditation has such great power, it really does. Well, you talk about how music helped you overcome the horror of your childhood. Can we start with that? Can you tell us a little bit about that horror and and what you went through as a child?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there is a a friend of mine who says uh, the bigger, you know, the, the challenge, the bigger the reward. And, uh, and I think in a way, yes, I did experience, you know, I mean, I grew up in a kind of cult, I mean, in a cult, you know, in a sect, you know, something quite, quite bad. And, and uh, I was not really allowed to do anything, you know, you know, it's, a, it's, I mean, it, it's a daily life struggle, you know, and it was my entire life until the day of my 18th birthday, because I was, you know, basically free to go. And I just went and then, you know, didn't see any, my, any of my family for pretty much 15 years. Right. So I, you know, I think the saddest past part for me, the hardest was to leave behind my younger siblings because I loved, you know, them so much and, and I still do, you know, to this day, but I, I didn't see them grow up, right? And I will never get that back. And, and that's, uh, it's a very hard, it's very heavy burden, you know. Um, but yeah, so, so growing up, you know, in, in a very weird uh, controlled environment, um, I was lucky to have a piano. And that's how I started, you know, it was just an old thing. And when people ask me, what was what, what the first time I learned the piano? I wouldn't remember because for me, <laughs> I always say I play the piano as I walk, you know, I don't remember the first day, you know, I walked, but it's the same for piano. I've always, you know, it's been part of my life, but as I didn't have access to, to, to music, I didn't have, a, you know, a music device or, or you know, or anything so, uh, but it was good actually, because I was looking know, I was so, attracted by the sound you know the sound of one note the sound and and mixing them together you know and and that's how I created so in a way I think for the development of my music it was a good thing because I was not you know like inspired you know by whatever it was just my emotions you know something I would say something greater than me right because I was looking for an answer I was looking for peace I was looking for hope I was because it was such a struggle all the time that music was an escape you know so in my mind, I was just, you know, having these melodies and putting them through the piano. It was a coping mechanism, right? And uh, I think the, the the way I defended my, my, my mind was to, to play the piano and, and have a big OCD, which is, you know, um, counting all the time. I was counting all the time. The only time I was not counting was when I was playing the piano because I was mindful, you see? Mm-hmm. So it was, um, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there is so much to say, but, you know, I, uh, you know, I always focused on the positive and, and playing the piano and basically just, you know, I just wanted to become a pianist because uh, I thought, you know, I don't have anything to lose. So,
0: <laughs> and so <laughs> did you ever take any piano lessons?
1: Uh, not, not really. I mean, you know, you're in Canada, so you guys also had you know music lessons at school, right? Um, a bit of theory and uh, you know and everything, and that, that was pretty much easy for me because uh, because the score is, is math, you know, and as I was counting all the time and and the keyboard uh, for me I was you know, counting everything. So even, you know, when I was like, I had a song and then I was like, you know, everything is rhythm, everything, you know, everything is vibration, everything is frequencies. And I could hear that all, you know, and this for me is funny. It was giving me images. And then when I was, you know, going one way, different images, different. So I was creating my own world, right? And this world protected
0: me, you know? So how old were you when you knew you wanted to escape as soon as you became 18? I mean, you know, I remember
1: when I was, uh, I mean, it's it's really funny when you have trauma. Uh, and that's why I'm a huge advocate, you know, today of, you know, of course, of meditation, of mindfulness and, and mental health, because I'm not the only one, right? And I never saw myself as a victim. And that's what I would tell anyone who is having a struggle, right? Don't put yourself as a victim. Find a way to, you know find a way I was lucky to have a way through through music but I
0: sorry so much information I'm getting now that I'm lucky Uh, what was the question again (laughs) the question again yeah so my question was how old were you when you knew that you wanted to escape as soon as you became 18 I think I was nine I
1: think I was nine ten because they because one day you know I ended up with like you know I don't know 30 40 people around me kicking me you know, to get the the ego, you know, the famous ego, they talk, you know, in in mindfulness and meditation, you see. And that's why, yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm the best person to really go, you know, and explain to people what meditation is, because I'm like, guys, I come from a background where it was dogma, religion, what they call syncretism, you know, which is a kind of different bits of religions together. And you see how it doesn't work. Because basically no. people they want to take control, you know, and that's what the guru was doing. She was taking control, you know. They shaved my head to go to school, you know, to you know, to show me that, you know, that basically to to break to break me, you know. the the idea was to break me, right? And 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 my siblings as well. So I, I was a boy, right? So I mean, it was really hard because I didn't like, of course, to have my, my head shaven, but shaved. But but they did it to my sisters as well, you know. So little girls, you know. And, and of course, they remember to this day, and and it's it's absolutely horrible, right? And, 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 I mean, stupid things, you know, going to, to, you know, with with very old clothes that they would take, you know, from from the, you know, the the sect members and and then putting you in a, you know, on a chair and say, oh, okay, now you meditate all day, you know, until you get better. So they leave you on a chair for like eight hours, you know, and you're not allowed to move. Yeah, and and I had that, but I was lucky because I was making music in my mind you know wow. i was i was I was playing the piano in my mind, so I was already meditating however when when all of this happened more and more and more, I was like, "You know what, if there is a God, then that's not it right? because if there is a God and the definition of God would be love, then why would these people you know put so much hate and violence and you know what I mean, onto me and onto the people around me. That's, that's not normal, right? And, no. and that's how I, I started to think, you know, I started to analyze everything. I was like, because the message, in a way, the message they were spreading, where it's the same message that you probably or I could spread today, but in a different way, you see, I, you know, not judging, for example, right? I was constantly judged, but I was a kid. I mean, what the heck, you know what I mean? What kind of ego can a kid have? And, yeah, and exactly. I see today, you see what I mean? And, and, and today I'm, I'm a dad, right? I've got two little babies and I'm like, oh my God, I mean, all they need is love, you know? Exactly. I, it's love and love is, it's actually a hard thing for most people, but love is to be, to be kind, you know, kindness, empathy, compassion, you know, and just help everyone. And, and I feel, you know, that's why I wrote on my Instagram service to others because when you help someone, you get it back, you know? It's actually a very yes, selfish you thing. You, you do, right?
0: You feel yes, good. Yes, you do. Yeah,
1: yeah you really feel good. It. And uh, yeah. so that's why, you know, the sect, it was, I mean, it was a nightmare. And I'm not going obviously into details, but I mean, they did everything you can possibly imagine. And uh, to me and, 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 and my siblings, and, and basically I fought really hard and the day of my teen's birthday I left. Uh, and it was obviously, you know, very tough, but again, I had, I had faith. And and I, for me it's funny because that could have really broken me. And I saw many psychologists, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, and and it's funny because they all said, "Oh my God, like you know you you know you you're, you're doing well in your mind." And 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 I knew, you know, I always knew it's it's because of music, you know. It's what really right. saved me. I think music is a language, and and I say it again with my babies today, you know, have a. You know, I bought them a little piano and I can see how they discover it, how they, you know, my my daughter is three years old and she sings amazingly well just by herself. And you see, if you feed them love and and the good music, you know, I think it's like food, right? I mean, it depends what
0: you eat. (laughs) It does. That's true. So Uh, what's the first thing you did when you were 18 when you escaped?
1: uh, One of the first thing I did, I was basically, you know, I... I I wanted to find a way to just, you know, make my music, just just do my music. That's what I wanted to do. So first I found, you know, a job I was studying at the time. I started studying, um, uh, I started with um, law. I started law and and music and really didn't like it because I couldn't have, you know, I thought like being taken from one, you know, little house to another house. Mm -hmm. So I was extremely rebel, (laughs) you know, in terms of thinking. I just wanted to be free, you know. I really wanted to be free. I didn't want any, you know, any constraints or anything. I just wanted to, you know, to live my life and, yeah, find my own happiness. So, I was playing in every bar and little hotels and anything I could find. And it's funny because I'm not, you know, a I'm not classical. I'm not jazz. So it was kind of, especially in France, it was like, oh, then then you don't exist, you know. Then you're not a pianist. Then you. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, as if it was not, you know, tough enough. <laughs> but I didn't care. I just carried on. And so step by step, I moved. At first, I went to L.A., right? So I saved like $300 to buy a ticket. It was very cheap at the time, you know, uh, almost 20 years ago, right? God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Time flies. Time flies. Yeah. it uh, does. Yeah, it really does. So it's, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was just 19 years old and um, I went to L.A. Uh, and, um And it was really tough. I didn't have a visa. I I ended up, you know, actually on the street at some point. Uh, It was my first interaction with with Americans. And and to be very honest with you, uh, mostly, uh, I mean, mostly, when I ended up on the street over there, uh, black people uh, I met, you know, were extremely kind to me. And I'll never forget that black guy who came to me wanted to give me this of like a big, like notes, right? American bills, American dollars. And which obviously I wouldn't take because I never cared, you know, about money. I cared about you know growing up, making music, doing what I love. You know that that's me. I'm an artist, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. and, uh, and 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 basically, I was like, well, why why would you do that? And he said to me, well, because when I was young, I stole a TV, and since I'm paying the price, you know, I would never find a job. I would never, you know the society. To, and I was like, oh, my God, I mean, you, you know, he was a kid. He did a mistake. And, and, you know, when you get out of my little sect, you know, it was a nightmare. And I discovered the world. And I was like, oh, my God, I mean, you know, we live in a very tough world. Because yeah. <laughs> I did, you know, and I didn't know. I was like, you know, I was very naive. And I thought, OK, it's better in the outside world. And then you go into the outside world and you're like, wow, it's actually not better, you know, a lot of suffering, a lot of, and I never understood that, right? Because I was very naive. And, and I was like, I didn't understand why people would be mean. Why would people, you know, have so much anger towards someone or something? I was like, oh my God, that's really, so in LA it was like this, I almost got raped by a, by a priest who started to get me drunk. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was really wow. crazy. It, it was insane. So then, I mean, long story short, I mean, a lot of stuff, but I went back, you know, to France because I was like, Pff. and then I, I had only one, one friend who lent me his flat because, you know, when you're in a sect, you're not really allowed to have friends and families or anything. So I didn't have anyone, you know, I didn't have absolutely anyone. It was, it, yeah, it was a bit, a bit fucked up. Um, but that guy then like lent me, a. uh, it oh, no, his name was. Yeah, I called him out of the way. I was like, I'm on the street. Like, do you do you mind? And so it kind of took me you know, a few days and, and I found a job. Uh, I applied for McDonald's and they didn't want me. It was it was very like um, humiliating because it was my first job application. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. you know, and they wouldn't even take me. I'm like, I mean, oh my god, like, wow. you know, I, I can't even get a job. You know, at McDonald's. At McDonald's, <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, so I get the equivalent, which is a quick. You know, it's a Belgium, uh, but and it was horrible because oh my god, you know, just you know, have a, to work. in you know, a because you know, when when you are young, right? I mean, I was trying to study at the same time, and and yeah, you, you need money. I mean, you need money to survive, right? And if yes, you don't you have do. any parents and you're on your street, you're like, wow. And and especially also, I wanted to make music, you know, so it was it was like, you know, the, the toughest choice anyone, I guess, you know, could make. But I didn't care. Right. So. So that's what I did. And long story short, I found another job in a in a school and I was helping kids and that in itself as well is a bit because uh, it was uh, I was giving a lot of hope, I think, to these kids. But the, the director was a very bad man. And uh, uh <laughs> It, it was, it, it's actually a crazy story, but but we don't have time. So, but long story short, anyway, went to London and at some point, you know, after playing in bars and clubs in Paris and, and it was, you know, I, I don't think, I was not, you know, finding anything that could, you know, help me grow, right? You know, f- for my music, for my career, for my life. So I moved to London and it's funny cause London, it was the city I said I would never go because it's Mary Poppins, you know, weather, you know, I was like, Yes. the rain and stuff no I want you know I wanted you know when you have so much like emotions and toughness you just want to relax right so I was like no no I just want palm trees and 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 a blue sky you know right. and just <laughs> yes, and obviously yes, yes. it's always you know it's never as you plan <laughs> yeah that's so, true so I ended up in London finding a job was really difficult really really difficult so i ended up like next to, to, to london a place called reading and i worked in a, in zara you know for a few weeks uh, folding folding clothes you know it's um, it's a tough job to to be fair you know it's um, and and you get even more empathy because you you know when you see people working you're like oh my god i mean life life is tough you know it's really tough yeah. so it really is you know and uh, and then i found a job in a, in a music shop and, uh, and in this music shop, I was very depressed because I was not you know, living my dream, right? Which is you know, making music. So I was selling CDs and selling pianos. You know? I was even delivering pianos, you know? I was like carrying in, <laughs> you know. And, and it's really funny because it's also one of the first times when I saw people really judging you. you know? it's, uh, it's really interesting because I was a pianist back then, right? The same way I'm a pianist today. But as I was working in a music shop, then I was not a pianist, you see what I mean? I was a salesman, you know, so right. when I was seeing, you know, like customers, you know, very few of them, when they heard my music, well, like, oh my God, that's amazing. We love it. Uh, but then oh, really? you, you had... So like... did
0: you play the piano a lot in the store? All the time. All the time. I bet you did. And, but the yeah, customers yeah. Didn't, didn't
1: enjoy hearing you play? No, no. The, the customers, they loved it all the time. But the, when I was delivering pianos, right, then I was a delivery man. You see what yes, I mean? Yes. Yes. And you see how people treat you when you're a delivery man. And I'm yes. like, and, and this, you know, is something that I really, really care about, especially today because today I'm on the other side, right? And I'm like, this is why the world is screwed up. This is why, because I'm sorry, you know, a soul is a soul. And when you see, you know, people, because they have an amazing job, they think they're better. This is just wrong, you know? And I think yeah. you lose your soul like this, because I'm sorry, you know, money would not give a value to a human being. You know, that's not true. It might give a value to the quality of life, you know, because, you know, you might eat better food maybe, but it doesn't. And this, I think for me is extremely important because, you know, it's, it has to change people have to change this, right? It's not because someone is poor that, and at the time I was very poor and I saw how people treated me, you know, and especially in London, even more than in France, because London is more, it's England, it's more, you know, it's more about money and America even more about money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I, and I'll never forget, you know, that's why for me, I talk to absolutely everyone because I, I don't care who you are, right? In terms of, you know, you know it's a... Yeah, that always really hurts me. Anyway, and then one day I was very depressed, and uh, as you go, you know, in English, someone came to the shop. He was like, "Hey, how how are you today?" And I just said, "I'm really bad. I just want to kill myself." Oh, wow. And the guy wow. was like, "Oh," and and um, and you know, I, I didn't realize what I just said. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get fired." I'm, like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, you know, and um, and and he said, "Hey, let, let's talk," you know. And I was like, "No, no, no. Thank you. I just, you know, I'm so sorry. I really apologized." And and his name uh, is uh, Michael Freeman, you know, and 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 then he really wanted to go and talk so we went you know and, and have a chat uh, after work because he really insisted and he was a very kind man and he told mm-hmm. me you should go to oxford you know and because there you meet people you'd be able to do your music you know you shouldn't be here like you know and um he called um, a pianist a classical pianist from oxford a friend of his and they hired you know the mezzanine in, in the piano shop and we had two pianos you know face to face Mm-hmm. And uh, and I played for him, and I was like, oh my god, he's a classical pianist, you know, he's probably gonna hate what I do, and <laughs> you know, and uh, and I actually played for him, and 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 he really liked it, and and then uh, he asked me if he could play with me, so we had a, a duet, and and I had my hair like you know, little shivering everywhere, it was it was insane, it was beautiful, really beautiful, like music for the sake of music, you know, yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, he was incredible in uh, such, you know, kind, uh, kind man as well, kind man, actually. And so, I, yeah, I ended up having a a meeting, you know, in Oxford, you um, know, in an Oxford, uh, Oxford Brookes, right, for contemporary music. And I was like, but I don't want to study because, you know, I mean, I know what I'm doing. And he said to me, yeah, but, you know, you could get a scholarship and just basically, you know, study and. And gig, you know, instead of working in a shop, and you know, and it's more more creative. It's more. I was like, okay, okay, sure, you know. So I ended up having a unconditional offer, you know. Um, so I had a, a, an interview, and then a couple of months, I was I started the course. So I was like, okay, right. you know. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't really like school because I, I was, because uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I spent my whole life uh, teaching myself everything, right, with the help of, of nobody. So. I, and I still love it to this day. I love, you know, researching, reading, finding stuff for myself, right? So it was a bit tough, but I actually met my wife there,
0: <laughs> you Oh, know? that's awesome. So you were <laughs> yeah. studying music at Oxford then?
1: Yeah, then I ended up studying basically music. Yeah, I did, um, yeah, I did a degree there. And uh, the whole thing, yeah. And um, I met my wife where she was doing Erasmus. She was, you know, doing a, a master's in economy, right? And so she came for a year, and she was living, you know, in the halls of residence just below me, <laughs> which is kind uh-huh. of funny, right? Yeah, fifteen years ago. And uh, and I was just, you know, I organized my first gig at the Holywell Music Room, and uh, and you know, and and I did my first album. Was chapters, you know, and I did everything, yeah, kind of myself. And you know, you just try to mingle. And one day on my space, I put my music on my space and I receive an email from a guy who says that he's a movie producer and 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 he loves my music, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, you know, he said, do you want to meet in London? I was like, sure. So I go to London, and I meet this guy. You know, his name uh, his name is Nick Saunders, and uh, and he said to me, you should come, you know, to London after you finish, and you know, uh, I'll help you. I'll help you know manage you and. So I went to London and then step by step, you know, I met people and, and, um, and I played the piano everywhere I could, you know, I didn't care. Uh, I was like, you know, in a bar, you know, in a pub, whatever. I was just playing the piano. And, uh, and it's funny cause it is thanks to, to the people that I carried on, you know, what I was doing, you know. In, in Oxford, I found a job as a, you know, as a pianist, you know, uh, you know in, in, in a hotel bar, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, and I didn't mind. You see what I meant, because I was just like, hey, it's, it's life. I have you know to make a living and 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 doing what I love, just playing the piano. I didn't care what people you know would think of me as a, you know. So I was doing that a lot, and the, and it was great to, to be honest. And then I ended up so, in London and started um, doing some adverts. Because uh, okay. my music was very cinematic, so that's how I got you know kind of foot in the, you know the thing. And and I ended up you know having. Yeah, my music being very cinematic, having a lot of adverts basically, you know, people using my music and commissioning me as well. So I worked for like many, you know, didn't, yeah, from uh, Manny to Mercedes to like, you know, to, to, I don't know, like to, you know, trailers, movie trailers as well, you know, like Danish girl and, you know, sense of an ending. I mean, a lot of my music, you know, was placed and, and synced and, and that's how I got, uh, you know, my kind of first break, right? <laughs> working. But yeah. to be honest, I was, I was still very depressed, right? Because it was, uh, it was tough. And, and it's funny because 10 years today, pretty much uh, 10 years ago, it was, uh, and that was a big moment in my life because I, so I got a phone call from uh, uh, Elizabeth Salzman, who was the editor in chief of Vanity Fair at the time mm-hmm. to ask me if I could, you know, if I would come and play, um, you know, one piece of music to a. Uh, a gala, kind of a dinner, very posh, you know, you know, London style uh, show business thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, because I was still, you know, at the time. Yeah, I was still struggling. It was 2011. So I was uh, still very poor, very struggling. (laughs) And uh, I ended up there. And you've got all this, you know, all, all these famous people like Mario Testino and and Gwyneth Paltrow, and you know, it was actually in honor of Gwyneth Paltrow this dinner, and I, and I was like, oh my God, that's like wow. <laughs> so you know, it's impressive because I come from my little countryside, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. and you hear you hear about these people, and you don't you don't know this world, right? Because i was just, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, nobody, right? I mean, as a, especially in this little world, right? So, so I, I go there and. Um, and I, I'm at dinner, and then in the middle of the dinner, like ding, 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 we hear you know the, you know Elizabeth standing up and say we've got a special guest, you know we, we tonight we've got Jean-Philippe Priope is gonna play a song, and I'm like, I become so red, <laughs> I was like oh my god, <laughs> I just stand up, everybody applauses and I'm like whoa, you know, and, and I'm honestly I I'm shitting my pants, you know, pardon my yeah, French.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I go on the piano and then I look, you know, at the main table with, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow all, all these people, and I see also Chris Martin, right, from Coldplay, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, like, and I was really scared, you know, because, uh, you know, because you know he's, he was proper musician, and I was like, oh my god, like, so I go to the piano, and uh, and I play one piece, and and for me, when I play the piano, I play my emotions, right. So yes. all the kind of, you know, everything I had, all this pressure, he needed to go into the piano, you know? So it was big sound, it was like, everything, I gave everything I had. And, and when I finished playing, silence. Like, boom, silence, like no one moves. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I failed. I'm like, oh my God, you know, yeah. I got like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> And then I stand up, you know, and I'm like, oh fuck, I mean what do I do? I mean it was it was really like that and then people applaud and I'm like oh my gosh. So they start, you know, uploading and I'm like, oh, God, like, you know, all the pressure, you know. And then Chris looks at me and and he says, he gives like, you know, kind of a gesture. Come, come and come and see me. So I go and see see him and he, you know, shakes my hand. He's like, Oh, my God, that was amazing. Thank you. Oh, wow. So then, you know, the pressure went away. And and this also was a very interesting point for me because um, I was extremely scared of playing in front of people. Extremely, right? Because even though you had played
0: at a lot of bars and hotels and places like that,
1: every time I was playing, I felt I have to do it. And I did, but every single time I was always scared to, you know, it's a really weird feeling. I always had this feeling that I was, that I was rubbish, you know, but that's also, that's also the way I grew up because they were telling me, you're going to say
0: it was because of your upbringing. Yes of
1: course you know my whole life it was you know you're yeah you're bad you're bad you're bad so then you know yeah you end up believing it but i i also was not believing it in the sense that i was just pushing the boundaries right but i really believe also of the power of your subconscious you know yes yes i really believe in it so i always push because i knew it was the right thing to do you know pushing, pushing, pushing. So I ended up having this. And then the, I go back to, you know, and Chris actually wanted me to stay with them and have a chat and, you know, being very French of me, I was like, no, no, thank you. Went back to my seat. And I, and at the end of the dinner, he, you know, he came all the way and he gave me a big hug, you know, thanking me again. and And that was a beautiful, you know, a very beautiful, you know, yeah, it was a, a nice praise, you know. The first time that you know a musician, you know, said something very nice about me, you know, to the to this level, you know, in 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 London, and uh, and and a few, yeah, a few weeks later, I received a phone call from uh, uh, the Steinway Hall where I was uh, actually practicing my music, and I was like, yeah, yeah, like we heard the news. I'm like, what what news? I was like, wow, like crazy, what? Who is Chris? It's like Well, Chris Martin is buying you a piano. I'm like what? I'm like are you kidding? It's like no, like you have to come and and, and choose it. It's like oh my god, like so I, yeah. So I was like oh my god, and I didn't know because manager basically Chris said to my manager, oh, I want to help him. He's you know he's amazing. What can I do? And and, and my manager made a joke. He said, oh he could do with a piano, right? And uh, which I thought at the time was not maybe the best idea because you know because. <laughs> What, uh, and it's a really funny story, I think, because Chris was you know, incredibly kind, right? I mean, he invited me after to his gigs and, you know, and so, you know, very, very kind and, but I was poor, right? So mm-hmm. I was, I was staying, you know, I was staying in my, you know, in a, in a shared, you know, accommodation on, on grazing road at the time, right? In a very small flat, you know, in actually my, my girlfriend's room, you know, in the shared accommodation. So you see what I mean? and. Um, <laughs> I had no money, so I had not a place to put the piano.
0: All so right. I got
1: this beautiful piano, but had no place to put in. So then when I saw Chris Martin, you know, at this, like, after party with, like, he was, uh, yeah, at that time he was with Rita Ora, I mean, yeah talking, and I was like, hey, it's ah, Jean-Philippe, how's the piano? I'm like, ah, yeah, it's amazing, thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, I was not going to tell him, well, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm poor, you know, so I have I, can't, I cannot even afford a place to, you know, to put my piano.
0: <laughs> and was it a grand piano?
1: <laughs> yeah, I got, I got yeah, I got um, a grand piano, and uh, and I recorded my first album Rio Pionet, because um, uh, because I because the emotions of my music, you know, I need to feel. It's all about feelings. I need to feel, right? And yeah, I, I I tried in different studios, and it's most of the time it's kind of dead. You know, it's it's very you know it's like money time, you know, and it doesn't work like this for, for the music I do. So I needed really to, to get So um, two years later, I got my place, right. Cause I was, you know, started to making a living. So I was making a living with all my adverts and all my work and stuff. So it was great. And I had a, a big living room with a wooden floor and I put the piano. Right. And it was amazing. Cause I was just, oh, I was the best day of my life. I'll never forget it. And um, I get my piano. I start, you know, uh, I record uh, the whole album with, with my friend, Roberto who came to help me engineer the album. We put mattresses on the walls, you know, on the windows <laughs> to yeah. really isolate the sound. And, but I felt at home, you know, it was my piano. It was so, it's a very raw album, right? Rio the first one, it's eponymous, right? But it has this, yeah, really raw feeling that, that needed to be, you know, to, to mean for me to be put on this album. That's why we've got all these pieces like "I Love You," "Drive," you know, New York, and and uh, it's yeah, it was amazing recording, you know, the, this way because I felt it, you see. And um, and it's funny, so that's how music saved, you know, my life the first time, and then the second time it's because I was making a living, I had mm-hmm. my place, I had my piano, but I was still depressed. I, I was still depressed, you know, and I think it's because of my my upbringing, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't solve, you know, 20 right. years or 18 years of, you know, of, of, of rubbish by, by making a living, you know, it no, has nothing. No,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It had yeah. nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with, you know, being, you know, starting to be a bit of a success. No, at all. It was, uh, it was me. And, you know, and, and I realized I was like, oh my God, you know, I thought, okay, when I, when I make it, I'm happy. When I have my piano, I'm happy. When I have my flat, I'm happy when I have my girlfriend, I'm happy. And I discovered, wow, no. So I was very, very miserable. And at that point, basically, I was drinking a lot. I was out in all the, you know, trendy places, all the trendy people. And uh, I was, you know, I was, you know, invited to, uh, you know, to, to, I mean, many, you know, very fancy you know stuff that you know. I don't even want to mention because it's almost controversially, you know, trendy and cool. And but I can say it. You know, I mean, you know, even even the time brunch. I was at this brunch. You know, you know, it's a, you know, this kind of stuff all the time with all these people. And and don't get me wrong. You also have some good people. But nothing was making me happy. You know. Right. So I realized. Hold on. I mean, you know, I'm in the industry. You know, I got I got you know signed to a record label. I had, a, you know, so I've got a record label. I've got a publisher. I've got a manager. I've got, I mean, I've got everything now to be happy, right? It's it's starting, you know. And and I was not. I was so miserable. And and then I was like drinking a lot. I was so scared still, you know, always to, to go on stage and perform. I had stage fright, you know, like a huge one and always had. And um, yeah, you know, it was just, really really bad i am um, you know and at some point basically when i was like this it was starting to get worse and worse and worse and until the point i thought i was gonna die and my friend were like wow there's nothing we don't even know what to do you know i ended up smoking so much weed and drinking like crazy and just basically you know and at some point i ended up on the floor and i couldn't move my back was you know hurting like crazy and i was just i just wanted to die again you know and I was, when i was younger i was you know tried to commit suicide, you know, of course, you know, several times and in an emergency and all this, you know, which is understandable, right? Because it was a shitty life. And, and then when, when that happened, it was just like, what do I do, you know? And then I knew I'm at a point where, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to survive, right? And it's funny because I was 27 when I did this overdose of drugs and, and, and I really thought that I was, was going to die. I ended up in a prison of my own mind. So I'm a huge advocate against drugs as well uh, by experience, right? <laughs> because I did right. experience it. And, and it's, I, I, yeah, I didn't know I would survive this, to be honest. So all of this were like, whoa. So one day and it, you know, you're going to laugh. One of the big trigger for that was my little sister. She called me, you know, she sent me an email. And I didn't see when I when I left, she was nine years old. Right. Right. And uh, and so, yeah, roughly, yeah, right, yeah, she was a uh, wow, well, yeah. So 10 years, yeah, 10, 12, 15. I can't remember like I'm not really good with time, but she, and she, she sent me an email or home. Yeah, I think she sent me an email and she wanted to come. And uh, and I felt so much love when I saw her It was incredible that it was one of the trigger with with my wife to to fight basically you know mm-hmm. and um, i stopped everything in one day just stopped everything i stopped drugs i mean drugs i was not you know a drug addict but, but i did you know the few times i did i was just you know in a, and that's why i told you the, the last time was just you know so stopped everything and and i fasted because i couldn't even eat it's, it was really weird you know so for for more than a week and, and I went to hot yoga. My wife yes. pushed me to do some hot yoga. And I was like, yeah. no. And I was like, okay, I do anything, you know. So I went and, and that really, really helped me. You know, it's funny cause there was only woman at that time, you know, in the yoga class. And I yes. felt like, but yeah. I didn't care, you know. I was like, okay, yeah, right. And, and yeah. Um, it was just draining me. And when I was doing that, a week or 10 days later, I had an out of body experience. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. And it's really weird because I started to have like all these memories when I was a kid and I had an out-of-body experience that now I remember really well, that your mind sometimes, you know, really forget about.
0: Yes, it and does. And I was
1: like, yeah, it really does, right? We forget and we get, you know, there is so much all the time that we forget, you know. And it was incredible. And then I was like, okay, I want to know. I want to understand. So I went online. I, I bought books and I started reading as much as I could, you know, about the brain. Okay, I want to heal. What can I do to heal? You know, because nothing is working. You know, I tried pills. I tried, you know, I saw, you know, psychiatrists, everybody. Nothing is working. What do I do? And also, where does my music come from? Because when I compose, it comes from a source. What is the source? You know, and, and again, as I said to you, I was against, you know, all this dogma, all these religions, all because of my upbringing. So I was like, you know, when I saw the term meditation, I was like, fuck this shit, you know, pardon my French, but you see what I mean? I was like, no. Yeah. But then yeah. I saw the science and I started reading so much about the neuroplasticity. Wow. We can put a new habit, you know, rewiring the brain. So one of the first book was Norman Dodge, you know, an American psychiatrist or perhaps Canadian, actually, I can't remember. Um, Norman Doge. And he, he wrote a book, you know, The Brain That Changes Itself, I think it's called. And right. It was incredible, and I was like, "Wow!" So I heard about the Paul Bach Irita, you know, one of the first, you know, guy who talked about neuroplasticity in the in, in the sixties. I think he was, you know, yes. perhaps before that, and and it was fascinating. And I was like, "Wow, we can change our brain!" So I bought an electroencephalograph, a little helmet. You know? Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, and I was like, "We've got brain waves!" Oh my god! So basically, you and I were talking, we're in beta, but then. All my stress, anxiety, depression, it was because I was in high beta. I couldn't stop my mind. So yoga really helped, of course, because it gets you know, all my body, the breathing, right? I mean, everything. And science could explain this. And I started to be like, oh, this makes so much sense. So I started meditating. I was, yeah, like still I'm, you know, a vegetarian. I felt much less anger than when I was eating meat for some reasons. You know, that's just my experience. So I was like, oh, that's weird. I feel I went all the way, basically. And, and I read so many books. And then I wanted to, you know, Bob Monroe, Robert Monroe, you know, who wrote three books about out of bodies. Because I was like, OK, if I get that, I want to understand. So then I started, you know, reading everything I could find about out of body experiences and, and lucid dreams and meditation. And then I had also this amazing experiences in meditation. And then I was like, oh, my God. This is, you know, amazing. I feel right now, here in this moment, I'm calm. I have no pain. I have, you see what I mean? And I was like, it's really weird if all of this pain that I was carrying all these years was going away and I started to accept it. And I felt guided, I really felt guided. I was, you know, and I'm not crazy. I was not hearing voices like, I was like, oh my god, you know, I had to go kind of all the way around, right, to to understand, like for me, uh, with my experience, you know, what it kind of means to to be to be human, you know, and and I discovered something, you know, like at least for me, that I know why I came here, because we all come here for a reason, right, and and I. It's funny because I was reading this uh, Stephen. I think it's called uh, Stephen um, uh, Ian Stevenson, who did a study about reincarnation. Have you heard of that? It's fascinating. No. Three thousand, three thousand kids, right, who said they were, um, uh, you know, they were remembering their past lives. and okay. uh, And for me, anything that is crazy, I like to hear about. If yes. there is, you see what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I do.
1: And I was like. But for me, I cannot help it. Some stuff, you know, are going to resonate with you or not, right? And there, sometimes, it's your intuition. And even New York Times, you know, did an article, I think it was New York Times, right, um, you know, uh, some, some time ago, about intuition being the biggest form of intelligence,
0: right? Yeah, okay, Yeah. But
1: Yes, but my intelligence or my intuition, when I was drunk, it was not very good, right?
0: No. <laughs>
1: but you see what I mean? But my intuition... When I was basically in this state, being mindful, you know, here, right now, with no fear, no pain, my intuition was like, you know, it's like, like a ball of light. I felt, like, oh, wow, you know, everything makes sense. And I was basically, and still to this day, if you ask me, how am I feeling today? Oh, God, I feel, you know, millions times better, you know. Now, if you ask me, but do you still have episodes? I would say, yes, I do very very few you know what I mean once in a while I'm going to have an episode but now I know what to do you see what I mean I know what to do that's why I meditate every day I do 20 minutes you know morning 20 minutes in the evening but it's not a dogma it's basically when I do it it brings me so much peace it brings me so much joy you see it's it's really incredible so that's why I say say, you know that meditation saved me the, the second time but it was hard for me to understand that because with my past, I was against anything spiritual, anything, you know, regarding, you know, all of that, because that destroyed me. So I and had you to understand. Can, do you
0: consider yourself a spiritual person today?
1: I mean, it's, you see, I think it's a bit like meditation. What do you mean by spiritual?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. And some people think, Oh, I'm spiritual, because I believe in a greater being. Other people might say, Oh, I'm spiritual, because I believe in God, or I have a specific connection to a certain religion. But you're right, the word spiritual is one that we all define differently.
1: And I think something that that resonates with me, but it's, we're always looking for an excuse of, or for someone higher to tell us what to do always yes. you know we're looking for a teacher we're looking for a master we're looking for you know for a chief we'll look you know and and actually for this i think you know and i find that i found that personally when i was you know when i am meditating when you're meditating you know at some point you 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 kind of find this you know Kind of baying level right where you're not you know you're not surrounded by any thoughts and it takes a little bit of practice of course but it doesn't take years right people say yeah it's like monks you know it takes no i'm sorry it doesn't you know and you don't need to be cross-legged with you know your hands in the air being like mantra la, 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 <laughs> at all right and that's the, the really amazing thing about it you know it's just quieting the mind Quieting the mind. And step by step, you know, the thoughts are going to come in. And like, what am I doing? And then if you breathe, you just focus on your breathing. Then at some point, a few days later, the thoughts are going away. And then it's all clear. And that's what I discovered for myself. So if you ask me, is there like a higher being, someone controlling everything? No. But is there the potential of a God of of love? Yes, for sure. I believe in nature. I believe in a my kind of, I mean, the kind of higher self. I believe for sure, because, you know, those experiences, for example, when I went outside of my body, I cannot prove that to anyone, right? But I can say something, I can say, guys, if you if you don't believe me, get a protocol and try it for yourself, you know? That's all I would say. And I think that that's the difference. That's why I don't want to say there is God and God says you do that. Not at all. However, if you f- want to find out for yourself, is there something? What well, I think you've got, especially today, all the tools to, to, to go and, you know, and look, you know, if you're interested. You know, once I had this meditation, I closed my eyes and I felt I was really good. I empty my mind and I don't think about anything. And I opened my, my eyes, right? And I found myself in space, right? It's, it's, it's incredible. And I see from below me like a huge light. So I look down and I see the planet Earth, right? And it's, it's mind blowing. I was like, oh my God, like what the heck? And, and then in, you know, in a fraction of a second, then my intellect comes in. I'm like, oh, where am I seated? <laughs> right, which is a very stupid question, right? So, And then boom, I open my eyes and I'm back on my sofa in my flat in London. And this, for me, like, first thing I said to myself, okay, that's my imagination, right? Of course, you say, okay, that's my imagination. And then I'm like, but hold on. I was not sleeping because I was here. I was here right now. So maybe that was real. And then the third, you know, question or remark I did to myself was, hey, who cares? It was an amazing experience. You see what I mean? Because it doesn't matter. Is it real? Well, it was to me. You know, and I had kind of, a, I think one of the best, no, the best experience ever I had was with my daughter. She's six months old and I take her in my arms, right? She cannot sleep. She doesn't want to sleep. You know, little babies sometimes. Yes, I do. (laughs) You do? (laughs) And, you know, she cannot sleep. So I take her with me and I start singing and the humming really works. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's. It works every time. And then she starts sleeping. But if I put her in the bed, she's waking up. She wants to stay with me. So I've got her, you know, her ears on my heart. So she hears my heartbeat. And then I go on my bed and I just lie down. And I meditate, you know, but I'm extremely focused, right? Because if I fall asleep, I could kill her, right? Of course. Because if I fall asleep with her in my arms and I just go around, if she falls, you know. So I'm really focused. I open my eyes. I'm above my body and her she is above her body and she was waiting for me and uh, and this even just telling you right now is like oh my god that was the most incredible incredible insane you know absolutely like mind blowing experience i had i'll never forget that and it created a, a very deep bond you know of course with my daughter like you know it was uh, and this you know it, it's a, uh, it's better than a video game, right? <laughs> and it, and it's and it's free, and it's and it's incredible. And one of the one of the the, the people or men, I would say, that I have a lot of admiration and respect for, um, because I think you know his book is incredible and what he is about. His name is Thomas Campbell. Uh, he wrote a book called My Big Toe. Have you heard of him? No. No is not is not you know at all famous or but it he is uh, i think he's the real deal i think okay. he understands consciousness he was a nasa f- physicist right i mean oh, okay. he, yeah, he's a scientist and you a scientist who who basically you know explored consciousness and he wrote a book called my big theory of everything and uh, and that helped me as well to understand you know many things yeah. right again questioning and to have an, an out-of-body experience with, with my boy and, and my girls, yeah. Because I, I think it's our birthright, you know. And I know some people are scared of it. I know some people, but don't be scared. It's just, you know, just, you know, I mean, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I cannot, you know, I cannot do whatever you want. But, but if someone, you know, want to try that, it's, it's, it's beyond your wildest dreams, right? It's like lucid dreaming, you know, I don't, you probably, yeah, you know, lucid dreaming, right? I mean, yeah, totally. I like do, I love lucid dreaming and it's funny, anyone can do it and it's fully safe and, and especially in the time we live right now, lucid dream is amazing because you can go on holiday, you know, you go anywhere you want and experience anything you want, right? And, and, and it's, it's mind-blowing and I think that the main thing to do is write down your dreams, Every morning, and I have the intent, right? I go to bed, and I'm like, okay, tonight I am lucid dreaming. And when I say that, I push my subconscious, and then I have lucid dream. And I'm sure you remember, because most people I think do when they're kids, right? Oh yeah, yes. when I was thinking about dreaming, I was going there. I'm like, yeah. Well, it hasn't changed, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I've had many, many, many lucid dreams. Just incredible number of dreams that are very powerful. So how much time do you spend in nature? Do you spend a lot of time in nature every day? Yes. And but I'm not surprised, you know, to hear you say that because
1: of course, I mean you're a musician yourself, right? And I yes. think when you are close to your heart, it's I think it's easier for sure, right? Because you're creative, yes. you know, creative people, that's what we say about, I think, you know, because this is fascinating for me all this neuroscience because I want you to understand and still to this day, right? I make I make music but also make, you know, what we call wall beats, right? Yeah. That that can help you going further, right? So I'm working on an album that I'm finishing about that, you know, which, you know, we help your, your yeah, your mind focus and change gear, like a car, right? If you've got a sport car, you've got sport mode, <laughs> economic yeah. mode, right? Well, it's the same with the brain, I find. So, but for the nature, absolutely. I spent... um I, I live outside, you know, right now, outside Paris. Uh, I spend a lot of time and we're just close to the forest. So I go into the forest very often. And um, and it's funny because nature, yeah, nature kind of feeds you, you know, a lot of oxygen, a lot of peace. It really does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I live out in, in the country as well. And, and I go out every morning and I run for an hour in nature. And it's just, it feeds me. It absolutely does.
1: Yeah, yeah, a feed. Yeah, it's there. It's funny, because that's kind of what I do as well, right? I mean, run, running in nature is, it's, it's amazing. really amazing. And what do you do? Do you listen to a podcast or nothing or music or?
0: I don't listen to anything, but I do uh, self hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because I I studied to become a hypnotist. So I, I do hypnotize other people, but I also do self hypnosis. And so when I run, I do self hypnosis.
1: Okay, so which which like, what kind of self hypnosis? How, how do you do it? Do you tell yourself something and you repeat it, or?
0: Yes, yes, I do. I I have uh, certain mantras that I that I become very deeply uh, enmeshed in my mind with, and then I just go through them repeatedly, and uh, I find it very powerful. Can you give me one to try? So I might say, "God renews my life mentally, physically, emotionally
1: you know that that really touched me what you just said. Wow, you know it's 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 really funny how it works, right i You know, every night since I'm a child that the only thing I kept from you know my very early you know upbringing, I said just before going to bed with the other stuff I do, but this one every single night. I give my life to God. Mm. I say, you know, to protect me. I give myself to the only God, you know, has power over me. It's funny, right? So it's funny you said that about, because yeah, now it's, it's uh, it's true. As <laughs> simple as that, right? And I think it's beautiful to, 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 but I think it's beautiful to change the, the belief because it's not a belief. It's the true nature of what we are, right? This and I really believe, like, I mean, you know, I, I don't believe I know now, but I cannot prove it. And I don't want to prove it to anyone like you, I guess. Right. I'm not trying to, you know, take people and be like, follow me. I think that's the big danger of, of religions. Right. Find for yes. yourself. Yes, I it do is, too. It is. Right. I mean, how many people died because of religion? Uh, and that for me doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah.
0: Millions if, if, of people.
1: Millions of people. I think it's for me. It's, it really is about love, and and that's what God is for me. Love, you know, unconditional love. And I see it with my, and I'm sure you as well with, you know, with our kids when it's so much love. I see it with make music, right? I, I give so much love into my music, you know, because, it, uh, but the, the source, right? So for me, God is the source, and I, It is funny when I, I feel that when I, I think there is an Arabic word called, uh, nia, right? And uh, and this, yeah, right, it's the kind of faith. When you do the right thing, you, you are okay. You are okay. You're fine. You are safe. and And I think that's the fear that kills everybody on the planet, especially right now with everything that's happening, right? I mean, I don't do politics, but if we carry on, we're not even going to be able to talk to each other, right? Cannot talk about politics, cannot talk about religion, cannot talk about health. It's like, hey, guys, I mean,
0: (laughs) it is, right? Absolutely right.
1: It is, but I think if we talk about it yeah 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 and i'm really trying not to when people ask me i just say hey you know i love everyone and i do love everyone i really mean it and you know something that i feel to say as well is when someone is upset you know and comes to me and and shout at me or whatever i I never go back to that person and and shout no because if that person is doing that that means this person is not well you know and i think being a a, a bigger person is to try to understand that person and and just you know try to help you see wow. i mean i think it's so important and that's for me that's compassion because we are all it's extremely difficult and this mental health right now people are losing it you know i think they the are. suicide wow. you know rate of, of the roof they are right so we need yeah. to just remind ourselves hey hey we are on this planet together, you know, if we give love to each other and I love doing it, you know, sometimes I do it. I say, I love you to a total stranger. And it's like, wow, but but I mean it, you know, because I think we're all part of one thing, you know.
0: I agree so completely. And that's another one of my mantras is, I see God in everyone and everything with compassion. And I just think that's so important. And I think that's missing in so many people's lives.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it really is, but you and I, we're here and we talk about it. So I'm sure other people will, because right now, a lot of people are taking the mic and, you know, to try to, and, and it's funny, it's like when some people, you know, a friend of mine say, yeah, but now people, you know, they use meditation for the wrong reasons, like yoga, blah, blah, and I'm like, but who cares? If they start meditating, who cares if, if they start for the wrong reasons? You know, who cares if you do yoga for the wrong reasons? Because once you really do it, you will enjoy it. You know, and it will help you be getting there. <laughs> so, so meditation
0: uh, gave you peace, is that right? And it still continues to. Is that true?
1: Two hundred percent. It, it yeah. changed. It really changed. You know, my brain waves and the patterns and my 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 habits and and um, yes, uh, and this. It was based purely on the science. And it's funny because I needed science to explain the spiritual. Because the spiritual I was taught when I was a child was really bad, you see. So I needed an explanation. Hold on. I got that when I was a kid. They really screwed me over. So I was against it. But I needed to understand. Okay, what is it about? Because I'm, you know, I was again very, very unhappy, and you know, I was suicidal. I was, uh, I was in a very, very, very bad place. And you know, even what happened to me, I told you in LA, right, when I almost got raped by a priest. I'm like, oh my God! Like everything, you know, towards God, I'm not going towards right. And then today, I'm like, wow, you know. So yeah, I don't see God as as a being, you know, telling everyone what to do. Absolutely not. But I see it as a, this you know, source of consciousness, right? There's, you know, uh, Thomas Campbell, he, he comes from a very scientific approach, calls it uh, the larger consciousness system. And I think it's a nice term as well, right? I think it's a very nice yes. term. You might, you might really enjoy looking at um, at, at him because um, uh, I have a lot. I think he really gets it, and I think he really gets it for the West as well. Because, you know, in the West now, we... I think we've gone so far, you know, really too far, perhaps in terms of, you know, everything that when you approach religion by religion doesn't work anymore. And I think we need science to try and explain and, and explains it really, really, really well. I am.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, I look forward to reading, reading Thomas Campbell. That sounds fascinating.
1: Yeah, yes, But if you need an introduction, I can, because I went to one of your seminaries to explore consciousness. Oh, yeah, did you? In a yeah, I did in France. It's a funny story because I was not supposed to, to, we were not supposed to, I could, there was no space basically, but something just came in. So uh, his team called me, he was like, Jean-Philippe, we've got a sort of space, but like, would you like, you know, uh, be part of the thing? Like, and I was like, sure. So I just, I just went and, and it was in France and I spent a week with him and, uh, and it was incredible because he explains with protocols, right? And. And it's amazing what we can do with our consciousness. Because look, placebo, right? Placebo works. The placebo effect. It does. And it does, right? And this is, I think, mm-hmm. the best piece of science that people should understand. If placebo works, what does it mean? It means it has an effect on matter, right? It means it has an effect in this world. So they give a fake you know, drug, which is a placebo, and the person heals. So it means that basically, if you want to heal, you can heal yourself. Right. And the same, and I say to people, you know, like music, you know, if you listen to the right, you know, song, it can help heal, right? 200% But if you listen to a, a track that's going to say, I'm going to, you know, bah, 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 then it can really hurt you as well. You know, the same way food can hurt you or can heal you as well, right? If we eat, you know, if you eat McDonald's, you know, for like six months, Every single day, I don't think you're going to do well, right?
0: (laughs) You're not going to do well. Definitely not.
1: (laughs) So he explains that. And we were, you know, a a group. And it's funny because I was a bit worried about going into a group, you know, because I grew up in a court, So I was like, I couldn't do that. Uh, But what I was really surprised about is the group I was in. It was a lot of like, you know, lawyers. Doctors, You know, we had someone working at the UN where, I mean, you know, it was a lot of very different people coming from a different background and, you know, a lot of academics. And so it was not like a hippie crowd that, you know, that, you know, it could have been or something. So it means now that people are starting to understand how consciousness work. And, and he is basically a consciousness explorer. You know, he worked with Robert Monroe and, uh, and I think that's very, very amazing. And I'm glad to share it with you because I think life is all about sharing. You know, it's not just about, it's not about me. It's about, you know, it's about life.
0: Well, I agree definitely about sharing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so honored to have you on the show after I've had almost 600 people on the show and, and finally wow. we met and it was meant to happen because it, was. it feels like there's so much parallel between your story and mine it's really amazing all the things you've been through and i keep thinking wow a lot of those things really resonate with me I'm, I'm just so fascinated with your whole journey and do you always play your own music or do you sometimes play the music of other people um i
1: i need to feel to play you know and uh my whole life, I just, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, I don't play, you know, like Chopin or, because some people are really good at that. And I think you've got a lot of people that they spend their whole life doing, right? So for me, I just, you know, I, I, it's almost as if it's given to me, you know, but I need to be in the right mind because to create, how do we create from our intellect? We cannot, right? He comes from a place. And if we look at, you know, even Einstein, right? I mean, relativity, it was, you know, looking at a candle. If we look at Nikola Tesla, right? If we, I read his autobiography and it's fascinating. He was saying, right, in his book that he was seeing his invention in front of him, the same way we see each other. How crazy. In every single detail. His book is fascinating. And I think this is what creation is about. And, and for me, that's what I really love about making music is to create. I love to create, you know, and I love it on the piano, but also when I create for, you know, yeah, for, for a movie or, you know, when I orchestrate because I feel like an architect, you know? And I'm moving then the piano and then I'm going to put the strings and the violin and the bass. And, you know, and I get like a double bass just going in on top. And you see what I mean? I feel like flying. And, and I love this. I love this movement for sure of creating, you know.
0: How many movies have you created the music for?
1: To be very honest, movies per se... Uh, not that I would talk about that way, you know, um, uh, at all, you know, on, on a large scale or anything. So very tiny things. But mostly so far, I really want to get into movies, but it's a very tough industry. And it really works with, you know, it's, um, you know, it's about the right time and the right project and the right, you know, it's a very small, small industry. So it needs to get the right, the right project. And uh, I didn't want to to. Um, to get you know something that doesn't really represent what I can do, you see what I mean? Because for me, it's sure. not being, it's not about being a movie composer. It's about if I feel it, if I can bring something for it, then I would do it. If not, there is no really interest. You see, mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not something I want to do because I want to do it. I just want to bring something, be able to add something. So right. so, so and for now. I haven't really found, you know, um, the right, I think, yeah, the right place to really give uh, something I have to give.
0: Sure. Do you sometimes create music with lyrics?
1: Uh, Yes, I do, actually. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's funny because I do, and I enjoy it, and it's fun. But the instrumental for me has something above it for some reasons, you know, because people when they listen they can just go within their own minds then if i create the lyrics i'm already giving them something to think about yes. i'm pushing their mind somewhere
0: yes yeah yes and do you ever sing
1: when i was when i was um, small i was singing and um, when i was 14 i think it was they sold my piano the sect because i was playing too much so they wanted to punish me and oh. uh yeah, it was it was horrible, and that then must It must have
0: been devastating for you. It
1: it was, it, uh, and I wouldn't understand. You know, I'm like, why? I mean, why? It's you know, you know. I, I don't play video games. I you know, I mean, I was you know, I was a, a very good kid, right? I mean, I was doing very well at school. I was just so why? Why? Just why? But um, and they bought at the same time a guitar to my little brother. So that that would make even less sense. I'm like why wow, yes. you know. but uh, but i was writing a lot you know i was writing a lot of poems i was writing lyrics i was writing uh, uh, scripts as well right i wrote uh, yeah uh, quite a few scripts and uh, mm-hmm. and the guru came uh, one day and she she burnt everything everything she burnt everything i wrote um, and she burnt all the pictures as well so i don't even know what i looked like when i was a when i was a kid
0: she burnt everything oh you don't because you have no, no. photos
1: exactly i have no photos yeah So I don't, yeah. And it it makes me laugh, you know, because it's just,
0: it's so cruel.
1: It's So it's, uh, it's, now it makes me laugh because I'm like, God, you know, I went through, I went through hell, (laughs) you know.
0: You really did go through hell. And did you have one figure who is your father and one who is your mother that you grew up with?
1: I went through hell in the name of God. Isn't it crazy? Yes. It's crazy, isn't it? No, because... Because my father I I don't know him. I saw him twice. My mother left. But you know how it happens, right? My mother Yes. My mother is a in a funny way, my mother is a very connected person. She's very spiritual and she's very connected. And is a she's a bit of a medium, you know. Mm-hmm. But when she was young, when she was two years old, her mother abandoned her. So that created exactly. And her father, who is my grandfather, is a big, you know, French intellectual. He wrote many books, but he basically didn't look after my mother. So he put her, you know, just at school, just do your thing. And, and so she didn't have any love, right? And, uh, and, and that's why I think, you know, she kind of, you know, and the guru, by the way, was a, a woman. So my mother kind of saw a mother in her, you see? right but then also my mother almost died because of the guru cuz i think she she tried to kill her so she ended up having a huge big big problem of health right in one of the ovary that got a poison or something can't remember what it called and uh, and the guru was like no no don't go to the hospital stay here you stay here you know and uh, and luckily she went to the hospital like you know just last minute the doctor were like if he was like 10 minutes later you would have died and you know that's yeah it it was it was really bad so and so my father didn't know him I met him twice once when I was 18 because I wanted to know who he was and stuff and the second time when I did a gig you know in uh, in France and then and I did you know and I was basically starting to be a success and he came and then he was claiming like to be my dad and I was like yeah whatever you know because he because he never liked me, you know, he always hated me. He liked my brother. Um, but, so I was, yeah, and they divorced when my mother was two years old. He was very violent. And, uh, and you know, and he always said apparently that I would be a, a, a you know, um, a con C-O-N, which is basically a cunt. Sorry, it's a bad word, but that's what he said. That's what he said to my, when I, when I was born, the day I was born, apparently. And you know what? I was born with the Oli cord twice, Around my neck. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. because And I think it's because of the, you know, of, um, I know why. Because, you know, I was like, whoa you know, I, I was meant to come, but then it was already so hard with my mother and him, you know, because it's choices, yes. right? And that's what consciousness yes. is. You make choices. The problem is that's the law of karma, right? Karma doesn't hit you, you know, to punish you. No, it it's you because... You, you're can I think you know you're growing up you're learning and basically she made a choice and that affects you know another person right and sometimes you make one choice that's gonna affect our life but that's a choice my mother made choice and and today you know she she escaped the sect and she you know and she's actually okay now but um but it's funny because we cannot talk about it right if we talk about it she her mind switches off you know what I mean oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, she can, Yeah, of course. I mean, she, you know, we're five kids, and we are, you know, two from the first family, and, and then she remarried, and phew, it was a, you know, it's a pain. So to finish on the on the singing. I took my brother's guitar, and I'm left-handed, right? So I took it okay. on the other side, right? And I made, yeah. and I was going at night, and we lived in a castle. I was going out of my room, sneaking out, and I was going to the little lake and play music at night. And I loved it. You know, peace, you know, the sound of water and the wind around. And I just, you know, and then uh, I created, uh, I, and I composed a song basically on, on the guitar, right, called For You. And that song, I sent it, you know, not telling anyone, to, to a French TV in Paris. And, uh, and I got selected. And, when, you know, wow. so the auditions... I passed the auditions, you know, the sect let me go because they saw money, you know. Okay. Obviously. And uh, the final audition before TV was in Paris and they took me for my voice. You know, they liked my voice. I went to Paris, but you you could imagine what kind of state I was, right? I was hypersensitive, you know, which I still am, but at least I can protect myself now. (laughs) (laughs) And being hypersensitive, I ended up basically, you know, in the studio, and they were behind, you know, the glass. It was the yes. first time ever I went to a studio, right? And I never had lessons. I never had any coach. I was just, you know, just a rah, rah, you know, uh, rah, rah energy, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were like, I can't remember, but a few people, five, six, you know, something like that. And I started singing, and I could hear my voice because I was so scared that I lost my voice. And they made fun of me. They made fun of me. They in the studio, they made fun of you. Yeah, behind the glass. They they made fun of me and I I felt humiliated. And uh, and I remember my mother saw it and and she just said, yeah, what they did is, you know, is unacceptable. But then she was really, really tough on me because, of course, I didn't pass. You know, the final I I was shitting my pants, right? I was so scared and and uh and i was a kid right i mean i was i was yeah 14 14 15 yeah. not more and um and i didn't know anything about you know the industry nothing you know it was the first time i was going to paris because i was a countryside so after that i never ever sang in front of people ever never like okay. you know i just yeah
0: it was it was really well really- that was a trauma that was a trauma in itself for you
1: yeah, of course and, and i'm sure it happens to many many people you know it's uh a trauma, that's why I, I, I'm i a huge you know, advocate for compassion, empathy, come on, kindness, come on. That's how we change the world, right? I mean, let's be, yes. we need us to be the, the better people because clearly, you know, it's not everywhere. And then we change the world, right? I mean, if we do that, it's uh, because, you know, it hurts me. And, you know, it hurts me so much, right? But but some people, it could hurt them even more, you know? People commit suicide for even less than that. And yes, kids today right yeah and this is not acceptable you know we need we need to help our kids we need to help you know that that's what i think happens when you are stronger right if you are stronger if you're wiser if you're older then you help other people I'm not the guy who, you know, like many people say, oh, he deserves it. If he's poor, he deserves it. If he's stupid, he deserves it. I'm like, what kind of world is that, right? Nobody
0: I mean, deserves <laughs> it.
1: Nobody deserves it. Come on. <laughs>
0: we should, you see, it's, it's funny, right? Because sometimes, yeah, I think stupidity is funny. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? We, we have to see humor. We have to see the humor in the world or else we can't survive sometimes
1: yes yeah absolutely and this is one of the yeah i guess the the, yeah and desacralizing you know all this kind of spiritual and meditation and all i think is very important i'm trying to do it my way as well but you know what i mean to me hey anyone can meditate and it's cool anyone can quiet your mind i mean you you do it as well by running in nature and it's amazing right with a mantra it's it's beautiful it is and it helps right it helps you a lot yeah
0: Yeah, it does. It really does. Well, Ryopia, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first question is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Thomas Campbell. Okay, I figured you'd probably say that. And let's talk, let's talk about emotions. How have your emotions been impacted by mindfulness? How, I mean,
1: everything. Mindfulness is everything. Everything. It's day and night.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And so are you more aware of your emotions than you ever were in the past? A thousand percent.
1: Now now I know what to do, you know. If I'm not well, I know what to do. I know it's all in the mind. It's not external. It's not wanting a new car. No, it's all in the mind. So I just have to rewire my mind. And now i know how to do this i've got the tool you know and and i'm making tools as well for people you know through music through you know it's of course it's it's super efficient
0: yeah let's talk about breathing i know you've done hot yoga and you've done a lot of different exercises tell us about the power of breathing in your life
1: <laughs> breathing is everything oh my oh my just so good <laughs> i love it I love it because I can feel you're, you know, you're natural, you really want to, you really want to make things better for everyone. I really, uh, I love you, man. It's it's great. Yes, breathing is insane because breathing helps. You know what? I'm kind of, my little protocol is actually breathing first because the breathing really gets your body ready and then you go into meditation because sometimes just going straight into meditation is almost impossible. So I do lots of different breathing. One of them is the Wim Hof method, right? And uh, you probably Me heard, too. Uh, I love I, Wim Hof. I love Wim Hof. You, know, are you, in, you should interview him, right? As, I'd uh, love to
0: interview Wim Hof. Yes, I would love to.
1: I, maybe I can introduce you as well, you know, if you want. As, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 I would w- love to. Ah, yeah, well, let's do that. He's, he's, uh, he's real deal. He's an amazing man. Really love him as well. Good man. So I do his breathing because it's amazing. One of his breathing ones, I, had, um, I saw the cosmic web. It's it's did incredibly, oh my God, it was insane. That was the first time I did it. And then um, I change, you know. Sometimes I do, you know, the hyperventilation. Sometimes I do, you know, uh, holding my breath in, out, in, by the mouth, then by the nose. So different ones, but in any case, breathe. I agree, breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathing is everything and it sets up everything. And then you can go into meditation because it gets in theta waves as well, but I we don't have time to go through everything, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no breathing is everything, I agree. And you talked about a couple of books. If there was one book you could recommend to our listeners, what book would that be?
1: <laughs> quite a quite a few, but I think, you know, it's um it, it's it's a hard question because uh because, I mean, no offense, and I'm not smarter than anyone, but, but I really like to go very, very deep, right? So, but, but like Thomas Campbell's, you know, My Big Toe Tho- is an amazing book, but but it's not a book to start with because it, yes. it's, you know, it's really... So I think, you know, just about mindfulness, I think a really nice book w- would be probably, you know, The Power of Now, right? Uh, yeah. if some people, of course, it's uh, because it's very, ac- you know, accessible and it's easy to read and, and it puts you in a, in a nice... State of mind, um, I would say, right?
0: Yeah, But so many books. Cause, a great one to start with.
1: Yeah, because otherwise, because I love. I mean, I read. I read so much because now you know I don't drink. I don't go out. You know, with, so I love reading, and so I read so much. And it's true that uh, it's not. You know, I think everybody has to find its own little you know research mantra. Because I, I read also. You know, I mean, if someone is interested in the science of even, you know. Uh, of neuroscience, for example. I mean, Norman Deutsch, you know, The Brain Changes Itself is amazing. Joe Dispenza, Supernatural, obviously, right? Is really good, you know. um, Bruce Lipton with The Biology of Belief. I mean, uh, there are loads of, you know, um, yeah, so many books. It's very hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there really are. And what about an app? Is there an app that you would recommend to our listeners that can help with mindfulness? Uh, I thought, you know, an app like Calm, Would be very good, you know. Yeah. If you could uh, say some words of advice to someone listening today who is discouraged, who is maybe uh, feeling stuck, feeling depressed, what would your words of advice be?
1: I think it's an amazing opportunity. (laughs) I, I always say, if you're depressed, it's an amazing opportunity. I was depressed my whole life. But you can rewire And to rewire is gonna take a few days, but come on, you can do it. You really can do it. Because honestly, you're here, you're now, and if you realize you're not well, I think it's already one step to know that you're gonna be okay. Because most people, sadly, a lot of people are not well, but they don't realize it. So if someone knows he's not well, that's already amazing, because now you've got so many tools, right? And it's true that I think the first tools are to wake up the morning is very important. To do like you, you know, either run, a mantra can definitely help. For me, you know, I wake up every day and I do my meditation, you know, I I run or I do my yoga, a cold shower. And then already every every morning I feel, wow. And then to have a little goal during the day, you know, because otherwise if you wake up and you're like, you don't know what to do, you start thinking. And that's, I think. You see what I mean? So there's different ways, but it's an amazing opportunity if you have a bit of a depression because you can do it. And mm-hmm. books help because I call it, I don't know what, I mean, I call it, I think it's a term that, that I obviously heard somewhere. It's kind of meditative when you read a book, right? Yes,
0: it because is. Because
1: it is hypnosis, right? It is. And everything yeah, is hypnosis. Is. So yes. I would also say maybe cut off social media for a while, you know, that, 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 you know, or a little bit, you know. you know what I say? I think... If we are the master of the technology, it's okay. But do not let technology be a master of yourself because it's it's not good. So social media, I would say to anyone, do it in the morning rather than in the evening. And the, in the evening as well, it, I think it's almost dangerous to do too much, you know, television or horror movies and stuff. Because then when you go to bed, if you're on your phone, like you know, then you cannot sleep. And yeah. and it, ne- it needs to be addressed because all these kids, right? They. they They're depressed, you know, and how can we help them if we don't teach them, you know? And I think we are the first generation using all this technology, all this stuff, but no one is telling us how to do it. So I need, I think we need now to step up and say, okay, there is a guide. It's great. Don't get me wrong. Social media can be a good thing. If you have a way to use it, you need to learn how to use it. We need to learn how to use it. So Mm -hmm. you see, I mean, it's a lot of things, but we should work on a a protocol, (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that we really need to teach people for sure because it can pull you down in a, in a terribly negative way, that's for sure. I just want to thank you so much for the interview and for being on Mindfulness Mode today, Ryopi. Now for, for you listeners, for Mindful Tribe, you need to listen to this beautiful music. Is the best place to go to YouTube, Ryopi?
1: whatever you know makes you happy right amazon spotify apple youtube i mean i think youtube i mean yes of course uh, for the videos right if you want to see you know beautiful nature or something i think my i think the videos are quite cool but for the music itself uh it's better platform because the sound quality is better right of course
0: and i think the sound or go to spotify or any place where you can purchase music yes
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. I really, really, really enjoyed that as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's, n-
0: yeah. it's nice. It's really nice. My yeah. absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Riopi. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hey Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Ryopia, a little longer than usual, but I felt it was well worth it to have a little bit of extra length to talk to this this man who I felt is just absolutely awesome. Well, you know, you can always email me bruce at mindfulnessmode, send me feedback, send me thoughts, send me thoughts about other episodes or other people you'd like to have on the show and I always appreciate your uh, reviews and appreciate when you subscribe so take what we've learned today mindful tribe and reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode